If you want to pump your body and expand your mind, there's only one place to go. Mind Pump. Mind Pump. With your hosts, Sal Stefano, Adam Schaefer, and Justin Andrews. In this episode of Mind Pump, we answer questions that are asked by listeners like you. They go to our Instagram page, Mind Pump Media. They post the question underneath the meme picture that says Qua. Um, we pick our favorite questions and then we answer them. And before we get into the questions, we talk about studies, we talk about our lives, our sponsors, uh, training, and fun stuff. So here's what we talked about in this episode of Mind Pump. We started by talking about charity. Uh, I brought up uh, a website that you can actually check your charity on there to see mm. where the money's going, how much the people who run the charity are getting paid. It's actually quite interesting. And that reminded Adam to bring up uh, one of our sponsors, Mir. Mir, the maker of phenomenal uh, drinking cups and insulated uh, you know, uh, containers, uh, has donated over a million dollars to various uh, charities. So they're a really, really good company. Um, and we are sponsored by them. And we do have a discount if you want to get any of their products. So just go to Mir, that's M-I-I-R.com, and use the code MindPump, and you'll get 25% off your entire order. Then we talked about our Thanksgiving with our families and friends. And I talked about the workout that I do the day after Thanksgiving with my cousin's brother. Um, and this time, Adam was there, so we had a good time. We talked about the uh, the well-known fruititarian guy. I don't know what his name was, who just recently died of organ fa- failure. What a fruit. That's weird. Uh, we talked about uh, chaga. I brought up chaga because I read some interesting information about chaga and its adaptogenic properties. If you are interested in supplementing with Chaga, we recommend you go with Four Sigmatic. They're one of our sponsors and they have some of the highest quality uh, dual extraction process type Chaga you will find. We also have a discount for you. If you go to Four Sigmatic, that's F-O-U-R-S-I-G-M-A-T-I-C.com forward slash mind pump and use the code mind pump, you'll get 15% off. I talked about a study on pornography and its effects on the brain. We talked about how Mark McGrath broke up for someone on social media, which is funny. That's the move right there. So. I talked about social media and its lack of connection to quality of life. Believe it or not, they found, a new study found that lots of social media use uh, doesn't mean that you're lowering your quality of life. Wow. And then Justin brought up how Google is trying to fight deep fake videos. Then we got into the questions. The first question, this person wants to know if trap bar deadlifts are as good as straight bar deadlifts. So we talk about the benefits of each and how they differ from each other. The next question, uh, this person wants to know what exercises they can do to repair poor thoracic mobility. Thoracic referring to the upper back and shoulder area. So we talk about exercises to help with improving mobility there. The next question, this person wants to know how strength training can benefit or help people who are battling depression and anxiety. And the final question, this person wants to know if there's any benefits to cycling caffeine use. Also, this month, definitely one of our most popular programs. This is our bodybuilder, body sculpting, muscle building, body shaping program. MAPS Aesthetic is 50% off. So, And it's all month long. MAPS Aesthetic, 50% off. So this program is phenomenal for people who want to build and sculpt their body. This is for people who are interested in aesthetic results. Like your main concern is changing the appearance of your mm. body, how you see fit. It's the only MAPS program 
with focus sessions, which are designed explicitly to do that. Now, here's how you get the 50% off discount. Go to mapsblack.com and use the code BLACK50, B-L-A-C-K-5-0, no space, for the discount. T-shirt time! And it's T-shirt time. Ah, shit, Doug, you know it's my favorite time of the week. Well, we have three review winners. We have from iTunes, two winners, Esther McConnell and C-I-R-E-D-A-H-C. For Facebook, we have Brooke Duye. All of you are winners. Send the name I just read to iTunes at mindpumpmedia.com. Include your shirt size, your shipping address, and we'll get that shirt right out to you. I don't know if you guys got a chance to uh, look at the mirror website, but they actually update, um, you know, last time I think, Sal, you brought this up, that all of their uh, proceeds from Black Friday was going to go towards uh, some of the work that they're doing. Like the charity? Yeah, yeah. 100%. Yeah, 100% of it. Right. That's and crazy. They've already got uh, over, a mil- I think they're almost at $1.1 million over 61 projects uh, from, from the, the Black that, Friday. Now that's, wow. Is that just from Black Friday or is that since they've been in business? I'm not Various sure. Various projects, I don't right? remember. I don't yeah. remember the counter being up there before. I'm not sure. That's a good question. But I, I mean, I definitely would have remembered if it was in the yeah. millions of dollars that they've already got that they're donating and putting out there, which is just phenomenal. It man. seems to be a, uh, a strategy of uh, like high quality brands now, doesn't it? To, to show that you're giving to a charity of some sort or you're doing something for the community that's yeah, positive. Yeah, well, I think there's I think there's some people that um, are doing it for those reasons. I don't when we met Brian and when we got to uh, you know hang out with him the few times that we've been together, I don't get that impression from him. He mm-hmm. comes from No, it's genuine. Yeah, well, he comes from a family that has money and has things and I think he that was when he started the the project when he started Mirror I think his intentions of doing that were to do something that he could give back with mm-hmm. before yeah. he, versus he really oh, wants to make an impact. Right. Versus, Hey, you know, this is how companies today, you got to make sure you're donating to something. I don't yeah. think it was like, but a I major mean, it's, strategic. A, it, it's a part of some it's a, companies. It's a major strategic play. now. And, yeah. yeah. Because what I mean is like in the past and a lot of people argue that this is the better way to do it is you profit, you do as well as you can. And then off of your profit, donate, you know, what you think is right or whatever. Uh-huh. What a lot of companies are doing now is that the charity is part of the business plan. It's almost like another, it's a bill. It's a debtor. You know what I mean? Right. Like if for every, you know, dollar that we make, guaranteed we have to give. No, you're right. I've seen that a lot, like from the very beginning, like they've, you know, carved that part of the, you know, the business off as like, this is, this is how we're going to structure the business versus like, let's get profitable and then see how we can then contribute. Now, in my opinion, it's a, that's a risky play, right? Because you're in part of your business plan, you're already putting another, you know, partner, even though it's a, it's a charity. Right. Um, but so in order to do that, you have to be, you have to have very high quality product. You have to do a damn good job because you're literally signing on another partner, essentially. Yeah. Oh, I mean, they've been exploited. They're they crushing. Also, they also have, uh, I thought this was really cool because I was on there checking that out. Uh, they have like a, a holiday link up there on their website now, and they put together all these uh, packages like bundle packages yes right and it's really smart really yeah. cool so if you're shopping for family and friends you know i already grabbed a couple of things for some of my 
uh, you know, family members that I think are would love, you know. So I yeah, think- I have a lot of outdoorsy kind of people in my family, and I saw that too because, like, I remember we talked about this a long time ago. Is that like origami kind of filter thing that you can bring with you, like outside to brew your own, you know, one cup coffee? I thought that, dude. I love that. I want that product. And, and they had that like kind of bundled up with like the camp cup and all that. Do you guys get during the holiday season, do you find yourself uh, being more charitable? I know that's a normal thing. I, I know charity goes through the roof during the holidays, but do you guys find that for yourselves personally? Well, up until I think it was last year was my first year not doing um, the adopting the family. So I think it's now I'm going on two years now where I, I haven't. Uh, done that, but that's been like a tradition for me personally um, mm-hmm. that I've been doing for uh, well over de- well before I even met Katrina. That every year um, I like to do that. Yeah. A, yeah. I was at my mom's house uh, the other night, and she's as long as I can remember, she's always had a picture of a kid that she sponsors mm-hmm. uh, through. I think it's called World Vision. I think uh, World, yeah, Vision I is the, World Vision is yeah. yeah. And um, since I was a kid, she'll she'll pay monthly to this organization. And then what it does is it, it puts the kid through school. It gives them, you know, helps the family, you know, support their family or whatever. Um, and the, the picture will change every once in a while. Cause once the kid gets to a certain age, then another, then you work with another kid and you get these That's like awesome. updates of, so I was looking into this and I, you know, my, pro, my challenge in the past, not that this is a, I guess this is a challenge for some people is how do you know your money mm-hmm. is going to the person? Well, that's why I liked the adopting the family was because I actually you, right there you saw yeah it. I used to go and I'd get them a tree so I'd go put the tree up in their house and I'd see their kids and yeah. I see you know where they lived how they lived and then I would go and well so bring, check this out I was well, doing some, there, there's a website now where you can kind yes. of fact check a lot of these uh, charitable organizations right? that's it so that's what I was doing so when I saw that on my mom's fridge. And I'm like, you know, it's about time I do something like that. Like, I think yeah. I'm going to do something like that. And so I, I went and did some research on the same charity because the last thing I want to do is give, you know, money to some wealthy person in a third world country and none of it get to, you know, the, the, the people I want it to go to. There's a website called uh, Charity Navigator. Mm. And on this website, so it's, let me see what the actual website, I think it's charitynavigator.org. And you go on there and you can type in, whatever charity and they'll rate it and rank it and they'll have everything on there. They'll oh, talk about, cool. yeah, like the, they'll, they'll talk has about like every charity or all the major ones, I guess. Okay. It mm-hmm. gives you the financial performance metrics and it has accountability and transparency performance met, uh, metrics. It'll tell you their financial charts, their IRS data, the compensation of their leaders. Mm-hmm. I was like, this is phenomenal. That's perfect. Isn't it? Yeah. See, he's pulling it up right there. So cool. So if you want to, you know, because the holiday season, a lot of people donate to, you know, they, they, they want to donate to more. You check on something like this because I've heard stories of, uh, you know, I forgot where I, I watched this documentary once. I don't remember what the charities were, but this man did some research and he found that there's a lot of charities where you have like, it's it's wealthy people in first world countries giving it to wealthy people in third world countries. And then they'll go and oh, take wow. pictures of kids and stuff uh-huh. and in these you know villages and then they'll such a hustle yeah and so something like this i think is really cool cuz you can enter it in and be like you know I, you know red cross or oh, whatever yeah, you want it to go where you you intended it to go i mean that's that's the the part people just don't like i mean you you have this like you really want to help somebody out and you, and you're not even getting it to them that's so frustrating yeah and then it also talks about how they help so is yeah. it like do they just give them food or do they set up schools? Do they give micro loans? I like that one. Well, you remember That's when? Cool. Remember when we uh, was it Justin Wren when we interviewed, or I, maybe it was Brian? But I remember one of them uh, 
was making me privy. I had never, I didn't realize how important that was. Like what they do with the money um, totally. is as important, if not more important totally. than actually the amount or what they're giving because, you know, and uh, I'll use like uh, Tom's as an example, although I don't know this is how this works because most people understand if you buy a pair of Tom's, they send it to a family uh, in need of a pair of shoes, right? But if you do that to a town, right, you come in and you say, oh, you know, our business is going to go to this third world country and we're going to donate all shoes to this town. Uh, so they all that they have. Mm. But there's uh, two shoemakers that work in that put town. Put them out of business. Yeah, you put them out of business. And it's like you think you're helping somebody, but in, you could really be hurting. Bro, that them. actually. Yeah. So uh, here's we had a great scenario or a great example, I should say. It was a terrible scenario. And a great example of that. In the 80s, there was this huge push to feed uh, certain parts of Africa. And you saw these huge concerts and feed the world. And uh, Western nations donated uh, hundreds of millions of dollars worth of food to help feed because there were people who were starving in some parts of these these countries. Mm -hmm. And what ended up happening is, yes, we gave people food, but within a couple generations, they became completely dependent on this donated food. They lost the skills to farm and produce for themselves. And so we set up a... Through good intentions, we created a terrible uh, situation. Um, so what I'm what I'm looking for in a charity is okay. Are you helping the people help themselves? Are right. you or are you just giving them stuff? Which are you I, creating uh, benefits to their economy so they can trade amongst each totally. other? Totally, that's why I like the micro loans. There's yeah. there's uh, charities that offer these micro loans to um, you know people in in these countries who they'll take the loan and they'll build businesses yeah. on their own. And I think that's Phenomenal because well the dignity they're 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 building they're actually providing value and they're learning skills uh, that you know that they'll pass on to you know generations or whatever. Thought I thought that was really cool. Uh, did you guys have a good Thanksgiving or what? Yeah, yeah, it was fun. Got to spend a bunch of time with the family, play games, and uh, you know it was pretty much on lockdown. It's like we made sure this time at least we brought a bunch of like activities with us because we knew we'd just be sitting there staring at each other, kind of you know <laughs> trying to talk about whatever the hell we could think of, you know, at the time. So it's <laughs> like give me some distraction, give me something. And so we bought this. Um, there was this game. It had like it was almost like a dental device that goes in your mouth. I saw this. Yeah, it, it looks creepy. It opens your it's real creepy. It's almost like a Marilyn Manson video or something. It right? stretches Where your mouth open. Like you a- see nothing but gums and teeth. And so you're supposed to like, you know, list off a couple of these like words and your your partners are supposed to guess what you're trying to say. And it gets like the bonus ones are like really difficult, especially anything with a B <laughs> or yeah. And it's like, we're, but it, it, it's funny because um, like. I think like married couples like they should be like eliminated. They can't be on the same team. Why? It's too easy. Oh, you can guess. Yeah, it's it was really strange. Like the married couples, like me and Courtney, it was like she didn't even have to really like say it more than once. And I'm like, oh yeah, and I got it. You know, bread. You know, that's exactly what you said. It was just weird. It was like because you know all the little nuances and the ways the play that game facial expressions. <laughs> yeah, you're brushing your teeth. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> Hey, you know that kind of stuff. Hey, hey, you, hey, you know what you're saying. This is like the game we play at home. Yeah, <laughs> dude, <laughs> talk with your mouth open. Oh, the, the <laughs> best. I, I gotta remember though. The, the, there was this one. There was this one moment where like watch my, your mouth. My son Ethan. Okay, so the 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 word was gutter balls, right? Yeah, yeah, yeah. And so yeah, he's yeah, trying yeah. to he's trying to tell us gutter balls, but uh, or no, one of my other like so Everett said gutter was trying to say gutter balls, and, and Ethan was guessing. 
And he's so he's like, glory holes. Oh, no. <laughs> and I just died, dude. I was on the ground dying. He had no idea, obviously, what that is, but that's what he heard. And we just didn't know what to do. I was like, this is the best. Reminds me of that. You guys, the video or the movie that Sal made me watch, The Good Boys. Is that what it's called? Oh, so oh, the bad yeah, boys. Yeah, What's yeah, it called? Yeah, it's the good, uh, good Boys. I think I think it is Good Boys. Is yeah. it Good Boys? Yeah, yeah. yeah, yeah. Where so they good. just start making up. The fr- they hear the phrase once. Yeah, you know they what just saying? say it because he obviously has heard the phrase. Right, I've, I've like I don't know where like yeah. I don't, he just like put that together because it did kind of like a G and a B in or whatever it sounded kind of like that. <laughs> I, heard Steph, yeah. I was on Dad's phone. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> oh man. Oh no. Uh, yeah, no. We uh, had a good. We had a really good Thanksgiving too. Just nice to have the whole family together and enjoy each other. And how, then, how big was yours? Typically, it's I don't know. I should count next time. It's probably around. 40 to 50, wow. uh, I would guess, you wow. know, because we have a lot of, you know, we have a big family. We had a good time, you know, of course, ate a lot of food and had a lot of fun with the kids and all that stuff. And then this was the 11th year that we did the, the workout, the post-Thanksgiving workout where me, my cousins and my brother meet up uh, the day after and then we do a heavy lift. This time Adam was with us uh, uh, working out and uh, it's funny because <laughs> we're working out and my brother is... He's a moose. He's basically a moose. He's fucking huge, right? He's like he's six two or six three. Yeah, two thirty. He doesn't work out. Actually, no, he does work out. He does long distance cycling. Okay, yeah, he rides his bike. Yeah, he but does he, long. But he doesn't look like a long distance. No, cycling. no. no, dude. And he <laughs> never lifts weights. And he comes in here and he's just repping two twenty five on the bench like it's his fucking nothing. And Adam's just like, he goes, oh, looks like your brother got all the genetics, huh? I'm like, fuck <laughs> you. <laughs> you son of a bitch. You and me both. have to try. Yeah. No, dude. He's just, a, he's just a massive, strong as fuck kid. And I always make fun of him because I'm like, dude, if you just lifted weights, yeah. you'd be if like- you just wor- cared. If you just did that. I feel like that tradition's uh, slowly evolving, though. It's turning more and more into uh, less working out, more weed smoking, and business talk. Oh yeah, dude. <laughs> Which no, is every, cool. That's I more like funny. Yeah, anyway. I like yeah. it. You know, la- yeah. last year, last year I think I got sore from the workout. This year I have all kinds of ideas. Nobody cares about ideas. Yeah, <laughs> yeah, everybody shows up. You know what they do? This is what they do. They prepare it right. So the uh, day before is when the shit starts. Shit talking starts. We'll mm-hmm. be on text. Yeah. Like, oh, I'm gonna, I'm gonna be the reigning champion. Oh, I'm gonna be whatever. This time it was like. Oh, uh, uh, I hurt my back last week, so I don't think I'll be able to dead. Oh, yeah, my uh, knee's bad, so I can't squat. Like, you guys are. <laughs> you guys so, is it just deadlift, bench, and squat? That's the, No, everybody kind of did their own thing this year. It's whatever. Yeah. Typically, it's whatever I pick, but I think okay. nobody wants, nobody cares anymore. Yeah. So, they just come in here. They're just whatever. Sal was still getting all his massive points. Like, he was pretty serious about his workout. I was more interested well, in what the, all the family had to say about you know investments and stuff. So, we were over there <laughs> smoking yeah, weed, yeah. talking, and then I'd go get a set in, come back. Yeah, that's, it was a good time. It was a good. How was your? How was your thing? Good. It was. Uh, this is probably one of the biggest um, we've ever had. We had we had over forty, uh, which is a, a lot for us. That's a that was a ton, and it was really cool because that's a big one for you. Yeah, I mean Katrina's family's pretty big always. Like they're they're in the high. We're I think the smallest one I've ever had with her is like twenty twenty eight or so. So they're, they're normally thirty plus. Okay, what's these since right? But this year it was all of them, and then uh, you know I had. Two parts of my family, uh, or excuse me, three three different uh, parts of my family actually show up. So we had some of my family and then her big family all together, which is cool. And there are a lot of my my family members that uh, I I haven't had them all over for Katrina's Thanksgiving, which was cool. It was really cool. A lot of them. Now is it at your house? No, this is at. Oh no, God, we would never feel to fit all forty in my place right now. 
um, this is at our mom's house where we, we set it all up and we uh, buffet style, right? So, do you guys have any traditional foods that you eat for Thanksgiving? Oh, or is it just the Thanksgiving time? No, everybody has. I, I mean, my mom, uh, with her, her stuffing and her cheesecake, that's a that's always a tradition. Um, and then uh, Katrina's uh, niece always uh, brings you know two or three new pies that she's making. Uh, we always do a traditional turkey in the oven and deep fry another one. Um, yeah, there's all kinds of uh, traditional plates on there. Dude, I ate uh, caramel apple pie. You ever have caramel apple pie? Uh, was it out of a iron skillet? I have no idea where it came from. Bro, it was. I've had one like that. Was like in a skillet? Yeah. It Dude, was the best thing I've ever heard. I can't even. Um, I had to. I don't know what. I had to play mind games with myself to pre- prevent myself from <laughs> I me. Mean, it was so good. Yeah. It was so good. But I could feel. You know, diabetes happening as I was. <laughs> I actually, it. I just, just creeping. I ate hardly anything uh, on Thanksgiving Day. This was obviously my first Thanksgiving as a father. You just running around, you just oh, playing with the baby. And- my God, bro! I was just. <laughs> yeah. I mean, I guess it, it was a combination of having um, my family there, and so there was obviously I, I, I wanted to make sure that they didn't isolate themselves. That big of a, a Thanksgiving, and then having new people there, I wanted to make sure that they were having a good time. Oh, I so, see. so part of me was also you were the integrator. Yeah, integrating and hosting, you know, my family and introducing them to Katrina's family, mm. and then also having a child. So if I was not make mitigating conversations or whatever or making sure that everyone was good, I was in the back, you know, rocking him to sleep or changing diapers or whatever. And so I remember at about eight o'clock at night coming home uh, and looking at Katrina and just being like, oh my God, I'm just, I want to relax. So we, we had three Thanksgivings. That so what did you do? Did you just eat leftovers then? I did. I did bring some leftovers. I didn't actually. I didn't eat like an asshole. Normally, I do uh, on the holidays. My mom made sure that I, I brought home my cheesecake, and I did have a slice of that, or else she'd be pissed. Um, but my siblings came over yesterday and pretty much crushed all of that. So I really didn't uh, do too much damage. I, mm. I didn't drink uh, this year. Uh, yeah, I didn't drink either. a lot. A lot of talking. I did, but I didn't even get a buzz. It was so depressing. Really? Yeah. <laughs> How much? Did I don't you know. Drink? Like, I mean, probably a quarter of a you know bottle of vodka. Wow. Yeah. And you didn't get a buzz. Nothing. I bullshit. I'm not even joking. And you know why? Because what is it called? Char- charcuterie. The the board of like cheese and like all the spread of like all the stuff. Like, um, oh, we're about to learn some science. No, like I just kept <laughs> eating like con- continuously, and I was like sipping, and I don't know for some reason like nothing happened. Just though. as like cheese prevents cheese <laughs> prevents <laughs> to get you drunk. Yeah, yeah, it's uh, proven proven uh, science. No, man. So. Well, sp- speaking of food, um, did you hear about this fruititarian guy that just died of? Yeah, no, food? I. I shot that over to our, our thread. I saw it on Sean Baker's uh, Instagram first, and then I've been seeing it pop all over the place. Now, uh, when I read the article, it, it's definitely uh, a lot of people are are speculating that it was he died of malnutrition. He was seventy something. Yeah, seventy five. Yeah, he was seventy five years old. And he had been a fruitarian for forty years, I believe. What a weird forty years. Wow. What a weird of all the things diets, extreme diets you can do, fruitarian. Yeah, I feel like people just look at animals and think. Oh look, a monkey! They're so strong. I should eat like a monkey. That's exactly what it is. You know what I'm saying, yeah. or whatever. That's terrible. You know, Steve Jobs was a fruitarian. Yeah, and then, and then he had uh, obviously the, he got his pancreatic cancer. Ashton oh, wow. Kutcher tried to go fruitarian and caused himself health problems. That's a terrible. That's like 
If you want fatty liver disease and issues, oh, terrible. Yeah. I can't believe people do this kind of shit. I can't believe you survived for that long. And, yeah. that, and that's what actually what happened was his liver shut down, right? Isn't that what the article Organ said? failure. I don't know if it was oh, his I liver. Thought I, but, I thought I read liver. So, But yeah, no, that's, I thought that was uh, interesting. You know, here's the thing with humans. We obviously evolved uh, during long periods of scarcity. And so we evolved being able to get away with eating a lot of different things yeah. and being able to get away with not eating at all. So just because you can- Doesn't mean you should. Yeah. like Because I think people look at that and be like, oh, look, he survived for 40 years eating only fruit. And then yeah. they think that means I can I, I should do this. Not only that- No, it doesn't mean you should. Not only that, but a lot of times when people make the transition from whatever said diet or however they were currently eating, right? Which is, you know, the- American diet is terrible, right? And if all of a sudden you decide, I'm going to be a fruititarian, I'm going to be a carnivore, I'm going to be a vegetarian, I'm going to do one of these things, and you go and you do that, what what's so hard to communicate to these people is they do that, and then they, they get all these positive benefits. They feel inflammation go down, their energy level, they lose body fat, whatever the case may be. And I was just talking about this on a, a recent interview is what it is, it's less of the diet that they're currently doing, and it's more of them eliminating something that they were probably eating or yeah. overeating or before. Or it's one factor. You know what mm -hmm. I mean? It's like maybe their lack of fiber in their diet was was causing them problems. So then they go right. pure vegan, and they feel way better. Yeah. And here's the thing with nutrient deficiencies. They can take a second before they turn into something bad. Mm -hmm. Like You can go without a nutrient for because your body stores them, right? And then what will happen is symptoms will slowly start to creep up. And if you have this cognitive dissonance where you're like, no, this is the best diet ever, you start to ignore symptoms. Mm -hmm. You know what I mean? You ignore the fact that your hair is falling out. I've had people, I've trained people like this where I had, you know, I, I could think of one lady in particular that she came to me and she had her hair falling out, her nails were weak, and she'd been vegan for super long. And finally, she went to the doctor and realized, oh, I got nutrient deficiencies. And she had to either supplement or eat, start eating, you know, meat to make up the, the difference for these types of things. So uh, it's stupid. So fruititarian. What's the yeah. next thing, you know? I'm going to be a breaditarian. I don't know. <laughs> just make up some that shit. That would sound like fun. Yeah. I like the ones that were just eating air. I don't yeah. know what you call those. Bre Breathitarian. Breathitarian. Yeah, I guess you put Arian, 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 or something <laughs> at the end of uh, of whatever. Yeah. Then it's good or whatever. Anyway, I think so, Arians are always bad. <laughs> exactly. Yeah. Yeah. Stay away from that. Yeah, stay with the Arians. So anyway, this weekend I was uh, reading on um, Chaga, um, which is the it's Chaga is considered one of the king, like top mushrooms. And and I first got introduced to Chaga years ago when. Somebody very close to me um, uh, had uh, cancer, terminal cancer. And when I went online, I was researching alternative treatments because there were no conventional treatments that would have helped her. Uh, the type of cancer that she had, which there was nothing that could help her that we knew of. Mm -hmm. So I went the alternative route because, hey, you know, I have nothing to lose. And the litmus test was uh, because we know of all the stuff that has human clinical trials. So I went to animal trials and I went to... Uh, anecdote and chaga came up because chaga it, it, it's been known to be anti-cancer in animal tries, trials for a long time mm. and uh, the the Chinese uh, and the Russians have been using it for cancer properties as well so I read up on it a little bit and and I want to learn like why some compounds have such powerful adaptogenic properties and for the li for the listeners who don't know what what adaptogens are adaptogens are foods or herbs or things that help your body adapt to stress, meaning 
if you need a stronger immune system, it'll strengthen your immune system. If your immune system is hyperactive, it'll help bring it down. It's a regulator. Um, it's a regulator. It, it's an adapt. So it's got like multi. It's got lots of benefits. I feel like a regulator is a better name for it than adapt. Probably is adapted. It? The, the term adaptogenic was coined uh, a long time ago by I forgot who, but um, so that's what they're, that's the word that we use now. But I was reading about the chaga mushroom, and it says that the so the chaga mushroom itself. Um, really, it, it does a phenomenal job of resisting. Uh, it resists. It resists seasonal environmental stresses, including freezing temperatures. So the chaga mushroom grows in trees. Mm-hmm. It's a parasitic mushroom, like they all are, and it grows in trees. It it, it can avoid. It, it won't freeze to death. Oftentimes, it can survive UV. Very powerful UV radiation. It can survive the invasion of pathogens, and so it's evolved this complex integrated defense system. And they think that these integrated defenses are what are gi- what give the chaga mushroom its adaptogenic health benefits. In other words, hmm. because it evolved to be so damn resilient to all these stresses that when you consume the chaga mushroom, this is probably why it's providing these, these similar So now you adopt that. Yeah. So is it likely that we'll see things like chaga is most likely going to be found in like immune boosting type supplements when you see something like that immune regulating it's got anti-cancer properties anti-inflammatory um anecdotes uh, there's a lot of athletic uh anecdotes that say improve stamina and recovery anti-hypoglycemic properties. yes it's got uh it's supposed to be really good at regulating, uh, regulating blood, blood sugar, sugar. Yeah. yeah so it's got some interesting um properties but i was you know i was, I was re- as i was reading up i was it was quite interesting i was like oh shit it's such a resilient mushroom and they think that may be why. No, it's, uh, it's been used. So check that. I, was, I went even deeper. It was used by the uh, Persian physician uh, Avicenna, who's a famous Persian physician. This is this is back in 980 AD. He they used chaga mushroom extensively. It's also been used since the 16th century in folk medicine in Russia and Siberia. And then the Russian state adopted it in their uh, as part of their medicinal programs, their phar- pharmacopoeia. In 1989, so this is like chaga is. Uh, so this is like ancient deal. wisdom. We we've just been dismissing as, as sort of like a, a hoodoo juju stuff. Yeah. <laughs> I, I'm trying to come up with a name for that. Yeah, hoodoo juju. It's hoodoo juju. It's, it's, it's a new way to describe. Yeah. It. yeah. So it's but again, it's like that, that king mushroom and um, you know. And so. when you, when you read stuff like this, is do they, do they explain like how much of it you have to take in order to get these benefits? Or does it take very minimal for you to to Get the reap the benefits. You know, I could look that up, um, but you could you could easily find what are considered re- uh, recommended. Now, here's the thing: if you want to use it for acute medicinal reasons, I would suggest you go to a health practitioner that, like Chinese medicine, Ayurvedic medicine, or mm-hmm. somebody who's experienced, because then they'll give you a specific dose. The supplemental dose is probably lower. So, if you're going to supplement with something like chaga on a semi regular basis, you're probably not going to take massive doses like you would if a, right. a practitioner found, oh, you know. You have, uh, you know, we want to work. We want to use chaga to help you with your blood sugar issues, along with all this other stuff. Mm. That's when I would recommend. Right? You know, is is there like? I mean, can you take too much of it? Like, of course. Yeah. Right. So, uh, I mean, I, w- I would assume that uh, like taking it like small doses would probably be good for like a hormetic kind of response. Yeah, I wouldn't. I wouldn't recommend t- taking too much of anything. Uh, yeah. I think any, anything that has got a beneficial effect probably has a negative effect if you if you take too much. I learned this. Lesson many times as a kid yeah. taking supplements. Yeah. I was like, oh, five grams of creatine a day? 40. Oh, I know. Yeah. You know, 40 should be <laughs> even better. Yep. You know, diarrhea. 
Anyway, yeah. uh, more science and stuff. Um, an article came out on um, porn. So they came out with another study well, on that's the- That's exciting. On the, <laughs> yeah, I, was, I, I Googled porn. This stupid study came up. I was like, damn it. <laughs> They're on to you, dude. Yeah. yeah. No, I was, reading this, uh, I was reading this article about um, the effects that pornography has on the brain, in, in, in particular, binge-watching porn, which if you looked at the, the, the consumption of pornography among young males, it mostly fits this, this pattern of what's known as binge watch. Well, they'll watch it for an hour and they'll go between different, yeah. they discussed it in the article, you know, they're, they're clicking on different tabs and they're, you start out in the living room and then you just creep back into the <laughs> yeah, closet yeah. and you're like, how'd I get here? <laughs> yeah. yeah. Well, the lights get dark. Well, they're, they're, they're talking about how they're definitely connecting it to depression, erectile dysfunction, and how it's disrupting neural wiring um, in the brain, and they think that this will ultimately lead to an inability to achieve erection or orgasm, orgasm with a real-life uh, partner. In similar ways uh, that, the, that, that drugs uh, do this to the brain, like if you use a lot of, let's say, cocaine, and, and you know, cocaine obviously produces euphoric, energetic feelings, if you, if you use lots of cocaine, your brain and your body starts to adapt and downregulate things. Mm. And then what ends up happening is when you're not on cocaine, real life is far worse than it was before. And right. then cocaine makes life feel kind of normal. So, so then you want to get that feeling again, so you have to go back to the substance. Yeah, and what yeah. they're saying in this article is that, especially with uh, young men and you know, in their teens, because their brains are still not fully developed, that they could pretend, they're theorizing there could be some some like long term. Well, we've known effects. this for a while now, right? Isn't this why there is like, uh, you know, what is it? No fat November or whatever it is where nobody is. No, no nut November. Oh, no nut. What was the last one? What was the, there was another. I don't know. There was another yeah. one. Was yeah. Like yeah. There was, I thought it was, there was one like that where there, you know, no one's masturbating for the entire month. Right. So yeah, is that, yeah. isn't that this where is these no are all, November? Yeah. Isn't that where these are coming from? Yeah. I think, Probably. I think it's self people trying to self-regulate. Yeah. yeah. They're like, you know, I, I got to get away from this. To, I be, wonder how many breakups have happened because because of you know finding out their their partner like is consumed with porn too much of it right I, I it's it's actually um, becoming a bit of a problem when you look up the statistics on why people see counseling mm -hmm. with their partner uh, pornography now is making them I'm sure yeah they must see like uh, patients come in so quite frequently so that. in this article they talked about how there's this new uh, like uh, the market is now providing uh, all these solutions mm -hmm. there's apps that you could download to your phone and your computer that will block uh, porn uh, sites so and, even and when you're trying to log into it it'll just to for yourself yeah and that in order to get on the porn site you have to take several extra steps which uh. may give you enough time to like Okay, maybe I shouldn't go to, well, you know, on cool. this or whatever. Yeah, but Isn't like that crazy, dude. Yeah, did you guys see like I brought breakups because Mark McGrath had this like viral video happen. I guess you know who Mark McGrath is no the lead singer for Sugar Ray. Yeah, uh, okay. like way back in the day. Yeah, yeah, of course. <laughs> so, I want to fly. Yeah, 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 yeah. So I, I'm trying to remember the 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 app, but. I, I think it's I forget the name of the app. We'll, we'll look that up. But basically, you get on this app and like they they pay for you to do these cameo spots. I think it's like cameo or something like that. Um, and so you get them to to kind of do like a shout out or whatever to like one of your friends or family or whatever. So somebody paid him to basically break up with his girl. Right. And so he's like, dude, going through this whole thing, and then like he 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 lets her off nice and kind of describes him and his wife's relationship and all this stuff. But basically, the guy pays him to break up with his girl. 
Oh, that's wait, wait, okay. That, so someone pays Mark McGrath some yes, money Mark to McGrath. send the video. Like, like she thought it was like, oh, it's a shout out from Mark McGrath, you know. But she, he's breaking up with her. Yeah, for oh, the guy. For the guy. Can hey, you see John the video? Wants- Can you see? Yeah, the video? the video is great. Yeah, but I mean, he does. Yeah, he, he he does a great job. He's like trying to be nice about it and kind of relate with with the person. And- what a funny. What is it? What's the? How much does he make off that? I wonder what you pay. Yeah, him I, to I, do I, that. I wonder how much he made on that. I'm sure. Like you got to pay like to to to, to pay for these videos. Hey, it's it's, it's got to be. And in order for him to shoot that or do that, it has to be a decent amount of money to be worth his time. It's yeah. just on his phone. Yeah. Doesn't matter. Yeah, yeah, yeah. You're still a busy <laughs> fucking guy. Would but you do that? Imagine, I mean, imagine getting broken much- up by some like you know random bro, celebrity. Bro, awesome. he's not taking. He, he's got <laughs> plenty. So of, bro, it's Sugar Ray. He's got plenty of time, bro. Yeah. They haven't fucking done shit for a while. I, yeah. No, you know he's, he was doing something else. I can't remember. Maybe look him up because I, I he came across I came across something he was in. I think he's still making music. I'm sure. I'm sure. Yeah, he's still really? yeah, yeah. I think he's like... still. Yeah, I think he's still doing stuff for sure. sure. Well, most of these. I mean, if, if if most of these celebrities that whatever time they made it big, if they're not like in rehab somewhere, they're doing something. You know. What I'm saying? Yeah, yeah. It's like it's a fifty-fifty shot. They're either in fucking rehab and on uh, what was that? What's the show called on VH1? Oh, uh, I remember that one the, with what, Dr. Drew. Yeah, yeah. What was that one called? Uh, I forgot. Re- celebrity, celebrity rehab. rehab. Yeah, yeah. Is that, yeah. So yeah. if you're not if you're not on celebrity rehab, then you're you're probably still doing shit. You know what I'm saying? Or, oh, yeah. What a depressing. I want to get screeched to yeah, like like send a, a, a nasty gram. What is this? Oh, me. what was his name? Dustin. Dustin Diamond. Diamond. Yeah. Damn, how do you remember these I, names? I, because I grew up with him, man. You yeah, know what I mean? yeah. Like I, I totally forgot. I mean, now that you said Mark McGrath is Sugar Ray, I remember now. But I mean, Sugar Ray was like so such a small window. They were even a thing, dude. <laughs> oh, like, that's yeah, that, like high school, and that was that it. show. Celebrity Rehab was so depressed. Did you guys ever watch that? Yeah, I oh, watched yeah. It. it was so it's like dep- a train wreck, dude. depressing yeah. to see them go through all that withdrawal. And I feel. Danny Bottaducci and all those guys. Oh, oh man, God. they went off the rails. Remember when he was all, he kept, t- he was like hella roided out, but he was all smoking cigarettes at the same time? Yeah. I was like, bro, you're, you're, <laughs> you're using it wrong. I yeah. feel, I feel like it's, it was, it's good though for people. There, a lot of people still think that the that celebrities like have it all and have it all made. And it's like you, you they, what they have is a lot of money and fame. Yeah. And I think those shows like that really highlight that. That's not the answer, you no. know. That's it. Just that doesn't necessarily give you purpose, and I think that's uh, in fact it it exaggerates the the fame and success so much that I think it makes uh, I think the swing is even harder. I you know? would bet. I would say this: if they did a study and they fa- and they actually tested, uh, you know, st- celebrities versus just the average person. Okay, so the average American versus the celebrity. I bet you the depression. And the the mental illness rate is far higher mm. in celebrities than it is the average person. Oh, I would bet the same thing. Yeah. I believe so, they've done like happy surveys on like famous people versus just average people as far as who's who's uh, considered more happy. You know what I mean? So it's and it's funny because all the it's average like the added people pressure. And yeah, all else. the average people yeah. are like, oh my god, I wish I was like rich and famous. And it's like, well, actually, it's probably a bit of a curse if you're not like super solid with yeah. yourself you know well if you're totally wrapped into that identity in the moment like you know you start losing favor or something happens like i think it's getting worse i think it's getting worse now because the like back back two decades ago to become famous like you would have to have uh, written many songs that have gotten popular you'd have to be on multiple shows before you got really like one show doesn't do it that's not enough to make you super famous or whatever but we live now in this time where you know, you could become famous like almost overnight on YouTube or Instagram or Facebook. So, yeah. and then right away generating tons and tons of money. So, I think there we're seeing a lot, 
uh, harder swings and crashes from these kids because you're starting to see these people that didn't really have put a lot of work in to get to that point, and then all of a sudden overnight they get all this success. Yeah, and I part almost, of the uh, part of the part of the importance of it taking time is the the lessons you oh, learn. Oh yeah, through, all those lessons are along, so valuable along the, along the way. I was just gonna say that I almost feel like before you become before you become super popular because we didn't. You know, it's not natural for us to have that level of uh, of fame and popularity. That's a very rare, rare thing. So it's not like you're going to get there and then know how to deal with it naturally. It's just not. It's an unnatural thing, um, and to have that much access to things, I feel like you need to. You have to be prepared for. It. Almost like you need to be trained, mm-hmm. know how to deal with it, be so solid with yourself, and then you get put into a position like that, and then you're able to handle it. Because I think if you take the average person. And you just make them famous. Yeah, uh, I think that they'll love it for approximately a week. You know what I mean? <laughs> and then they're going to be like, "Wow, this is terrible. I don't like this. This is not. It feels empty. Yeah. I can't go anywhere." Probably longer than that because you could numb yourself with a lot of cool stuff for a while. Yeah, you know, that's well, that's what happens. You feel you start that you, distracting yourself. Yeah, yeah, yeah. yeah. You, you got a bunch of money now. Now you can now you start filling that void with all that stuff. Drugs and yeah, sex. Eventually, or yeah, eventually that does uh, come back. And though. then it starts to get real dark. I mean, along these along those lines, um, I read the, so a st- they did a study on social media. Who was it that we interviewed that was uh, that blew our minds on social media? Was it uh, near near y'all? Right, right, right. So this study kind of confirms what he was saying. So in this study, they took they actually took groups of people. And they assigned them one group, you're going to continue using social media. And then they took other groups and they had them abstain from social media for one group for seven days, one group for 14 days, another group for 21 days, and another group for 28 days. And then they, the, the scientists monitored the social media to make sure that they actually stuck with this. And at the end of the study, they, you know, they asked them questions like, you know, uh, how much are you working out, eating, what activities you're doing, how much TV you're watching, and, and this kind of stuff. And at the end of it, they rated their well-being. You know what they found? Hmm. There's no correlation between social media use and uh, lack of well-being or well-being. Hmm. In other words, the people that uh, that abstained from social media, even for the longest period, which was 28 days, had no improvement in their quality of life. Now, I would mm-hmm. challenge that, and just like we would challenge a supplement uh, study that lasted 28 days, uh, quality of life, uh, purpose, uh, things, well-being, these things, in my opinion, take a lot more than 28 days to really sink in for anybody. Yeah. So, uh, I mean, I don't, I don't know if that's a, a, a how good of a study yeah. that well, is. How many real life friendships uh, do they have? Like each one of these people, and like were they able to, you know, uh, go in that direction, or are they still isolating themselves well, in those twenty eight days? You guys make a good point because uh, number one, lots of social media use may be a symptom and not the cause. In other words, yeah. if someone's on social media all the time. It, it, it may be because they're depressed. It may not be causing the depression. Right, right. Now, the it second part- Soothes it. And, and here's the second part to what you guys are saying. I think you make a good point. Just taking social media away doesn't mean that they're replacing it with things that make them, that improve their well-being. Right, exactly. So maybe if it was longer, they would be forced to, or maybe they'll figure out another way to fill their time like they yeah. do with social media. Like I'd like to see a study that says no social media, True. but we're going to replace it with- these positive activities, you know, these positive behaviors, 
and then see just simply taking it right, away. Right, because to to Nier's point, they would you would just drop social media, and then now that would be video game time, or that would yeah. be whatever or they would drinking just, or something. Yeah, else. they would just yeah. replace it with another distraction. And I I agree with him in that. I I think that that's the case. We've always seen that. I just think that. Uh, the the accessibility of social media in comparison to any of these other things is like I don't know it's just it's crazier than anything else that we've ever seen before. Yeah, the way I would view it is you know let's say I'm monitoring my kids for example I would monitor and see oh wow you're on social media a lot something must be maybe you're feeling a little down or whatever not that oh you're on social media a lot the social media is causing you to feel down so and, and the reason why there's a difference there is. If I think if I don't think that way, I think a parent might be more apt to just say no social media. Mm-hmm. Yeah, you know, oh, that's what's making you sad. Get off social media. But your kid's still not feeling great. Well, I think about it as like the way we get entertained from television, right? So, you know, as a kid, we grew up obviously in an era that we had uh, cable TV, so we could come home and watch our you watch your favorite shows. You know, the only difference now is your kids have uh, all their favorite channels at the access of their hand twenty four seven. Right. That's yeah. really the difference. And because if we were kids and we had that access to all your favorite TV shows, twenty four seven around the clock, be the same thing. You'd be yeah. watching TV all the time too. So it's it's kind of like that. And so it's just you I trip ha- out on that a lot of times because like knowing that your show is only going to be on Friday, you know, and like like you would plan your whole day to like get back home, you know, after doing all the stuff outside to drive back to get to you know hang out and watch the thing like it was an event. Right. I feel like the whole event thing around all these. Uh, shows and and it, it's it's just been lost because it, it, you know everything is just like right away. Yeah, it's it is interesting, but I do think it's a symptom. I don't think I think he's right. Um, I don't think it's a cause of the problem. I think it's just it's a symptom of it. And simply taking it away isn't going to solve the problem. You have to replace it with something that's going to provide them with 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 good value. I, I just, I just yeah. think that it's it just going to it requires a, a level of planning and discipline more than anything we've ever seen before. Mm-hmm. You know, you're, when you go off to school... Because it's so easy. Yeah, your television's still at your house, right? So as, as kids growing up, you know, I didn't have that option. You know, the, it wasn't... The TV's not in my back pocket where these kids have the TV in their back pocket everywhere they go. And so the temptation to fill that time with that versus communicating with other people, socializing, playing mm-hmm. games, uh, physical games outside. It's just, it's higher. It's than- actually, look, just like when I talked about earlier with pornography, um, I, you know, I didn't have to like create structures and discipline around porn. I didn't have access yeah. to tons and tons of pornography. Right Nowadays, you're probably going to have to have structures and uh, around your pornography use so that it's <laughs> you yeah, use it appropriately regulating it. <laughs> yeah because it's exactly you have to you have to structure these things just like with anything else like I, food I tell you what it's it's they're all um, the future is all about uh, yeah. discipline yeah no 100% like if you believe in uh, your theory which you've mentioned before that you know we're going to see I mean everything that can be free will be free you'll be able to 3D print all the things more and more people are going to have anything and everything that they've ever wanted in their life. Soon it will no longer be about that. Abundance. That's the root of all these problems. I mean, like even with the whole like news feed and everything, like everybody's getting these knee jerk responses to just, you know, pop up things that happen, but haven't really been, uh, you know, given the chance to really go through the content and see like Mm -hmm. specifics, uh, you know, of what this entails. And it's interesting because like, even now, like they're looking even further at like deep, Deep fakes like Google right now 
has this whole like it like department devoted to trying to understand like the creation of these deep fakes, how to stay ahead of the deep fakes. I mean, they're definitely not ahead of the deep fakes. They're way behind. They've, they, I guess they did like a bunch of like a hundred different videos of people walking down the street filming themselves like saying something to the camera and then like in the studio recreate it put a different face on uh you know with ai and then like like presented it to like this this group and and asked them to determine like which one was the real which one was the fake and it was like they Almost still impossible. They, yeah they like they still were having a hard time distinguishing that's between gonna, the two that's going to be weird so it's like dude and and like the next elections and everything i mean they've already messed with i guess a, a, an elizabeth warren video or made her like all sound drunk and everything and and then they, they they found like that it was a fake. You know, eventually they reported it. But some of these they're not going to be able to know, and yeah. then that's going to become fact because people are just like, or they won't know soon enough. Right? They won't know. Yeah, right. exactly. It'll I, reach eventually millions everyone, first. Yeah, and, eventually they're just going to be like, we don't believe anything. Yeah, it, and, it's going to get there really fast, is what I'm saying. Like this is going to get like really weird. That's weird. This quaz brought to you by Organifi. For those days you fall short on getting your organic veggies or whole food nutrition, Organifi fills the gap with laboratory-tested certified organic superfoods to help give your health and performance the added edge. Try Organifi totally risk-free for 60 days by going to Organifi.com. That's O-R-G-A-N-I-F-I.com. And use the coupon code MINDPUMP for 20% off at checkout. First question is from Cole World. Are trap bar deadlifts as good as straight bar deadlifts? Oh, we did trap bar deadlifts uh, on our post Thanksgiving uh, workout. <laughs> yeah, yeah, it's not that I don't think it's a uh, as good or not as good. It's different. Yeah. yeah, I you know I like I actually like trap bar deadlifts better for the average person mm-hmm. um, than a straight bar deadlift because you get a lot of similar benefits. Not the same. It's a different exercise. But you get similar benefits, and but the, the it's easier to learn. That's what it and is. to do properly. Less actual skill of of having to you know like like your mechanics aren't uh, as like like there's not a whole lot you have to teach in terms of like where you have to be specifically to otherwise you know like you're you're gonna like potentially get hurt you, if you do it wrong. Yeah, the risks with uh, straight bar deadlifts are higher. Than with trap bar deadlifts, there's it's more technical with the straight bar. Oh, way more. And so your risk of injury is higher. Now that doesn't mean you're going to get injured. If you do both right, you're fine. It just means if you mess up a little bit, you're probably more likely to mess up with a straight bar. Um, and then because you mess up a little bit, you're more likely to hurt yourself uh, with the straight bar. So now that being said, functionally speaking, okay, um, I think straight bar deadlifts have a, uh, are a little bit uh, get the edge in terms of functional. Strength, because when you're bending over to lift something up, it's typically in front of you. Hmm. So, like, think of lifting up at the end of a couch or helping your buddy carry something. Yeah, you're not grabbing in a neutral grip. Unless you're yeah. carrying a wheelbarrow more, or a uh, fucking right. horse and carriage. Exactly. More posterior base. <laughs> yeah. Just in case you're doing that. Yeah. yeah. But I, I get a lot of similar benefits. So, with the trap bar, a little bit more quad involvement. But I still get that back thickness feel from it. Um, I get less low back involvement um, than I would with a, with a straight bar, but the low back is still pretty heavily involved. I personally can lift about anywhere between 60 to 70 more pounds with a trap bar because the biomechanics are just, it's better. There's more advantage to it. You know, um, If I could pull 600 pounds with a trap bar, then that means I'd probably at 530 with a straight bar you know, type of deal. Yeah, I, I use the, I used the uh, trap bar with 
Um, I guess we should explain what the trap bar is for somebody who doesn't know what that is. That's true, right? So the trap, the trap bar, it, it's like a what shape is that? Is it like an? It's not. It's a. It's almost hexagon. like a. It's almost like hexagon. a hexagon. It doesn't. It, it's almost like a square. They call it hex bar it's as well, hexagon. right? It's yeah. a hexagon. Yeah. yeah. So it's a hexagon, is what it is. Mm -hmm. And then you, you stand in the you middle. You stand in the middle of it, and the, the the hexagon goes all the way around you, right? And then you grab in a neutral grip. There's two handles, which on each is side. my favorite part, is that it's in a neutral grip. Right. Yeah. So I I use the, this a lot with like uh, advanced age clients that I'm like te like training, right? Because yeah. you can get the benefits, like you said, a lot of the benefits that you get for deadlifting, um, without the how being as technical as a deadlift, but um, I prefer to 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 teach that with the idea that we're going to progress to a deadlift uh, uh, eventually. Um, and in fact, sometimes as a trainer, it's tough to to actually get somebody really good at the trap bar and then transition to uh, a, a conventional deadlift because if you didn't teach them how to properly set up with the trap bar as if you were going to be deadlifting with them, uh, their setup is is different. A lot of people can just get bend down to grab the trap bar and then they pick up and then they're all quad in it. And, you know, when I teach to get in set for a deadlift, I'm teaching more of the sliding the hips out and hinging back versus uh, bending over to get the bar. And that's part of the the poor uh, mechanics that I see when people deadlift is they bend over to pick the bar up to deadlift and setting yourself up already and not loading the posterior chain first is one of the, the the number one flaws I see with people yeah. deadlifting, and the, the other thing with the trap bar too is that the there's two sets of handles on one, and people don't know this, but if you most trap bars you can you can flip it upside down, mm -hmm. and there's a second set of handles, and the handles on the back side of it are parallel or, or level to the weights where where a bar, where a straight bar will be. The ones on the top side, the handles come out, and actually means you don't have to go down as low. And so when you use the upper handles, you're actually not doing as full of a range of motion as you are with the straight bar with the, the whatever the circumference is of a 45-pound of a plate. So that's something to consider, too. If you use a trap bar, play around with the other side so you go deeper. Also, to that point, that's the other group of people I like. Trap bar is great for athletes. Mm -hmm. Oh, it's it's the best deadlift yeah. for athletes. Right, say. because yeah. it, it it's it more closely uh, relates to the the position that you would be in in basketball and football and any sports rarely ever in in a in sports will you be in a you know full range of motion deadlift a barbell off a floor type of position you're more likely at a, a slight bend in the knee uh like you would be in a trap bar deadlift so i think great for like explosive jumps mm -hmm. um, yeah i would i would do jumps with a trap bar way before i would do jumps with a bar on my back doing like a squat or whatever right right you know you you, you figure your arms act a little bit like shock absorbers when you land um, so you could really focus on that explosive movement. Yeah, well, I even like uh, somebody like a Corey Schlesinger who uses it like that same explosivity out of the movement of like a power clean, but you're just now uh, basically using the trap bar and emulating that same movement with your hips and triple extension, but it's a, so much safer and way less to, to learn skill-wise. Yeah, one of my favorite exercises that I more uh, do now uh, more recently that I never did when I was younger uh, are heavy trap bar uh, farmer walks, mm. and this is something I learned. Uh, I, I got you know started using because of Map Strong. And mm -hmm. Map Strong, as part of their work sessions, you do farmer walks, and it is recommended. You can do those with dumbbells too, but a trap bar is great because you fit right inside the trap bar. When you can load it way heavier, you load it and you walk with it. Yeah, 
good form, stabilize your body, tighten your core. And I just got great results. My arms felt bigger from doing that, yeah. just from holding on to that, that heavy That's weight. my favorite. And then, I mean, they, they do have some of those, like, handles where you can load plates. And so you have, like, two different handles that you can load, like a, a heavy farmer load. But it's still, I mean, you're going to have that that shift to, to consider. So it's nice to have that kind of balanced load, too, to, to load up heavy and walk with. Next question is from Tim Craven. What are some exercises for someone to repair poor thoracic mobility? Yeah, so thoracic mobility, they're referring to the the part of the spine that's, uh, well, the thoracic part of the spine, but this is up by where your shoulder blades would be. So it's kind of like your upper, back. upper, upper middle, mid, you know, middle back area. It's not where your neck is. That's a different part of the spine, but kind of up where your shoulder blades are. And if that part of your spine has poor mobility, either because it's tight or even maybe because it's super loose but not strong, you can cause um, it can cause a lot of different kinds of problems. Now, the most common types of issues that people will get from poor thoracic mobility is neck tightness and stiffness um, and shoulder problems. Uh, so it's an important thing to work on. Now, people with a very mobile thoracic area, or should I say flexible one that's not very strong, now you start to get upper back uh, pain and problems. This is where people will feel you know, mid-back pain uh, when they get stressed out or when they're sitting too long or whatever. Mm -hmm. um, how do you repair that? Uh, boy, there's a lot of phenomenal movements you can do. One of my favorites, uh, I actually like uh, lizard rotation for to work on that rotational thoracic mobility. I know we did a video on that a while ago. I think you were the one in it, Adam. Yeah, I and I'm going to redo that one. I'm actually going to do, this is a cool question. I didn't know whoever picked this, um, that you went this way because this was actually in my notes um, for me to do a video on this, the, on the YouTube channel. Uh, and I, I really want to do it because this is an area, this is an area that I'm addressing right now. So I uh, to improve, to continually to work on my my squat. So my my squat is far from perfect still, but it's come a long way in the last two years. Uh, the main focus was to address my ankle mobility and my hip mobility uh, to where I can now sit in a really deep squat. Now I still don't have great thoracic mobility, and what that looks like is uh, when I at the bottom of my squat, I'm still got forward head and kind of rounded shoulders. It's really tough for me to control and stay in that really good retracted position in my head in a neutral position, especially with a loaded bar and deep in a squat. And so um, I have two things that I do. So we've talked about this on the podcast before many times that, uh, you know, we recommend when people find, you know, one or two, th two things from Maps Prime Pro that you can tell you need to work on or greatly benefit your movement to just stick to those two and, and hammer them home and get good at it. For me, there's two things that I do uh, every day before uh, I work out, especially if I'm squatting uh, to address this. Uh, lizard with rotation is a good one, though, too, even though it's not the two main ones that I do. So I do our zone one test in prime one. Oh, yeah, that um, one's ideal. Which what I like about that is I use the wall for feedback, right? So I put my back against the wall. Um, I then tuck my chin so that I can feel that my my uh, uh, my cervical spine is in a neutral position. So my head is back and neutral where it should be. So and I can feel it against the wall. So I, I can I get feedback there. And then uh, I, I put my arms up by my by my side. So my wrist, my elbows, my head, everything is being pinned. And all I'm really doing there is you're you're waking up all those muscles in your back 
or getting better connected with them that are responsible for keeping me in that good neutral position or a retracted mm. uh, position as I go down. And so I'll do hold. So I'll get in that position, tuck the chin, drive the wrist and elbows back against the wall, and I'll push and push against the wall as hard as I can for five, like real similar to how I taught the combat stretch where I lift my toes up and I'm trying to intensify that move. I'm also pushing against this wall with my head, my wrist, and my elbows and driving against that to kind of get those all connected. And I do the same thing. Five-second intense holds, relax. Five-second intense holds, I do that for five times and I do two or three rounds. That's the first movement. And then the second one is something that I can do now that I wasn't able to do before. I've also done a a video of this on my uh, Instagram where you may have seen me uh, sitting down in front of the squat rack Uh, at at the deepest position I can get. And then I grab a band and I do band pull-aparts in that position. And while I'm doing the band pull-aparts, I'm also trying to tuck my chin back. I do that for a primer before I get in my squat. Those two things, uh, I've I've noticed the most benefits for me personally, even though I do like the lizard with rotation, but it's in my notes to reteach it because Mm. something I see people do uh, wrong with the lizard with rotation is they just kind of go through the motion of doing the rotation. Sure, that's decent for warming you up, but if the idea is to improve the mobility, you need to be challenging the end ranges of motion, which is would mean taking that lizard with rotation to the end point and then challenging it by intensifying it there. That's what's going to really increase the mobility. I noticed too, like uh, something I was in the a gymnastic class a long time ago when I was just trying to experiment and find out other forms of modalities out there that people were using. And this is when I was really getting into body weight training And I found out when we were trying to do these tuck rolls where, you know, you would do a handstand, then you try and tuck and then kind of roll out of it. I had a really fucking hard time with that. And my, my thoracic spine was super stiff and I couldn't get the flexibility out of it. It takes to be able to kind of roll into that rounded back position. Mm. Uh, And I know that like, this might be a common thing for guys or whatever that are, you know, trying to really build up their back and build up, you know, their chest and whatnot. Um, but for me, it was, it, it was, it was challenging. So I tried to address it, uh, through a bunch of different ways and like doing cat and cow and trying really to articulate oh, yeah. my spine and to really push and get reconnected there to my thoracic spine w- w- was something that I definitely had to do as well as visit rounded back lifting. And so like hugging, uh, you know, heavy medicine balls and, you know, placing them almost like an at- Atlas stone lift or just uh, squatting with, you know, a rounded ball and like really squeezing it. Zercher it, squats. Zercher good. squats, another great one. So just things like that to consider if that's a problem of, with your thoracic spine that you're, you're dealing with. Yeah, and you, you'll actually, you sometimes find that people's low back pain is because of their, mm-hmm. the, the poor thoracic mobility. I mean, if you're rotating um, and your thoracic spine is tight, you're still trying to rotate. So what ends up happening is, for a lot of people, is their low back takes over and they over rotate in their in their low back um, because it's kind of picking up the slack. So sometimes, uh, and sometimes it's often uh, that I found this where one area hurts, but it's not because that area is the problem. It's because of the surrounding areas. It's almost that are causing all, it's almost always like that. Yeah. It's rarely ever you know I have low back pain because I have a bad low back. It's because something else is stressing the low back, and you know I'd echo that. So I think that. It's really common that if you have poor thoracic mobility, more likely than not, you're also somebody who has kind of the the forward shoulder, forward head, 
And so you're carrying, the, you're distributing the weight forward. And so think about, and I used to, to give people the analogy uh, of what that, what they were doing to their low back to get the point across is I'd have them grab like a 40 pound dumbbell and like slightly lean over and then like just have them hold that for a second. And, and then within 30 seconds to a minute, they're like, oh my God, my low back is fatiguing out. It's like, okay, that's what you're doing to yourself all day long. Now I made you hold a 40 pound weight to exaggerate it. Uh, and so you notice it right away, but all day long you're carrying your weight forward and like that. And so it's not being distributed evenly throughout your spine. And so you're getting all this stress in the low back. And so addressing thoracic mobility and getting to that place where you can, you know, address the upper cross syndrome or the forward shoulder I'm talking about a lot of times will alleviate somebody's mm -hmm. low back pain. Next question is from McFlex. What are the benefits of strength training when battling depression and anxiety? Oh, wow. So um, I, I, first I want to preface this by saying that we're not um, doctors uh, yeah, or therapists. Um, but I'm going to speak from just experience from working with clients and also working with uh, clients, doctors. For you know, I train clients for years and oftentimes when they had a situation pop up um, that would come up in their questionnaire, I would – contact their doctor, and then we would kind of work together. Now, the studies are pretty clear now that any kind of physical activity or exercise has a very positive effect on anxiety and low to moderate uh, types of depression. In fact, in head-to-head -head comparisons against some of the most popular antidepressant uh, medications, exercise is as good in the medium term and in the long term, some studies even say that exercise uh, is more effective. So it's definitely something that is extremely effective. Now, the problem, of course, is if I'm depressed and anxious, the last thing I want to do is go exercise. Um, so it's kind of like, okay, like which one do I do first? Like I got to get rid of this and this is how I get rid of it. But now because I feel this way, I don't want to go exercise. So that's the hard part. But let's just say that you can will yourself to get to a gym or start being exercised. Number one any type of activity should have a, as long as it's appropriate, should have a positive effect on both anxiety and depression. That being said, I will make the case that strength training is the best form of exercise for these things for a few different reasons. One, resistance training has, when done properly, has a very positive effect on hormones. And we know the role that hormones play in how we feel. So in men, resistance training has been shown to raise low levels of testosterone. Low levels of testosterone definitely can cause uh, depression or anxiety in men. In women, resistance training, um, when done appropriately, is a more effective way of balancing out your progesterone and estrogen balance, which when that's out, you can cause it can cause anxiety or depression. Resistance training also is pro-muscle, pro-tissue. Your body is trying; it actually starts to burn more calories as a result, um, and that just tends to feel good. If when it when a body becomes efficient with calories, and slows itself down, uh, as is the case with lots and lots of cardio, over time, uh, this is just my own observation. Over time, that can start to make you feel a little bit depressed because your energy is lower. Your body's becoming more efficient with calories, burning less calories. You may find that you have less energy. Strength training when done properly is very invigorating for the body. And it's also complex. It requires you to be present more than other forms of exercise, which tend to be repetitive. You know, like if I'm 
riding a bike or walking. Yeah, sitting, sit, riding a bike for an hour <laughs> it could really make you sit in your depression a lot you more. You could sit yeah. in your looping thoughts, yeah. but when you're lifting weights properly, you're- Especially strength training. Yeah, you got to pay attention. Yeah, you got to pay attention. Yeah, back squat 200 pounds and think about how depressed you are. Yeah, you know you're, you're That's focused. That's hard to do. And, and it's also extremely, um, uh, what's the word, uh, empowering. Um, mm-hmm. Yeah. You know, if you go to the gym, let's say you're feeling down or whatever, but you're like, I'm willing myself to work out. I'm going to work out. I'm going to do it properly. Let's say you follow maps or you have a trainer. So you know what you're doing is right. You go to the gym and let's say today I did, you know, a hundred pounds on the bench press or I did, you know, seven pushups. Say I did seven pushups. I come to the gym tomorrow. I did nine pushups. Then I come back, you know, three days later, I did 12 pushups. It's hard not to recognize the, the, the connection between the, the work mm-hmm. and the progress. It's very, very clear um, with strength training, I'm getting stronger, yeah, and then of I'm course improving. you're improving. Yeah, and that makes you feel good you, you, because it, you, 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 hard work, result. That's like a great combination right there. Mm-hmm. Now, I, I want to add to that, and again, uh, not a therapist by any means, although I've experienced um, feeling like this, especially in the last couple of years of you know, coming off the testosterone, and this was this is close to home for me. And one of the things, though, that I want to add to the point that Sal made is that. Uh, I do agree that strength training of all the things that uh, I was working on during this time were, was one of the uh, the number one things that helped me through it. But I also had to um, be okay with the fact that I, I might go to the gym today and it may be all yoga. Because here's the thing, when you get caught in a depression loop or have a ton of anxiety and stress going on in your life, and then you also know that a, a, head, a heavy you know, squat session is ahead of you today. Sometimes I just didn't have it in me to do it. And so I had to be okay with sometimes uh, doing a workout that was uh, less strength focused and more recuperative or working in where maybe it was sauna and stretching that day or it was all mobility work or I just didn't quite have it in me to get after it. And so then I would just chase a pump and call it a day. Uh, it's okay that too, but nothing I think will physically benefit you more in the gym than, than strength training, but also know that, you know, you don't have to put so much pressure on yourself that I've got to go in there. And cause that's hard sometimes when you're in that place to, to get the, the mustard, to get up and go get after it, uh, like, you know, you can do. And so I, I had set for myself personal goals and I would recommend the same thing for a client that was going through this, uh, for me, who was used to training, you know, six, seven days a week consistently, I told myself, listen, if I can get it in there and I could give myself three good lift days, uh, of course, I want to, my goal is to go every day still. Uh, but as long as I get two to three good lifting days, uh, that's an accomplished week for me. And so a lot of times I would go to the gym and it wouldn't be a, a hard, heavy day, but I'd still make sure that, you know, two or three days of the week I was doing that. Yeah, I'm definitely not a, uh, I'm going to put out a disclaimer as well, <laughs> but uh, I know that too, just a lot of times there's that 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 internal chatter and there's all this like excess of energy that needs to be expended that, uh, you, you know, your body a lot of times, like it just wants to to get rid of it. And, I, and that, that feeling of exhaustion, a lot of times it helps to then, you know, like limit a lot of that excess amount of energy that's just stored in your body that like makes its way up into your thoughts. And yeah. I think that, you know, just, just to be able to expel that uh, too, it definitely has its own benefits uh, on its own. Yeah, there, there's... 
when you look at exercise and you look at the literature on exercise, and this is just from my understanding and depression, anxiety, you have the acute uh, effects where right after the workout, you tend to feel a little bit of a mood lift and you feel a little bit better. When we look at strength training versus aerobic activity, they're pretty equal there with the acute effects. Now, the long-term effects, I'll argue, resistance training is better, mainly because of my experience training clients and seeing how strength training just has better long-term effects on people generally anyway. Again, mm -hmm. it speeds up the metabolism. It's very individualized. You can, uh, you can train your resistance training according to your goals, whereas with cardiovascular activity, you tend to be stuck in the same you know, repetitive motion or whatever. Um, it's pro-anabolic hormone. It's pro-tissue, which is you know, muscle. And so long-term is where I'll argue that strength training it's also probably shines. I think it shines even more head to head, like you said. The first, I think that it's uh, pro posture, and we know the connection that posture has with like depression. That feedback, right? right? Yeah, yeah. Right. A lot of times when uh, a lot of times when you see someone who's depressed, you can see it in their posture. Definitely, their head is down, they're slouched way forward. Uh, man, you get a great workout. How many of you ever walked out of the gym slouching over? You feel uh, no, your chest is up. You feel more upright than yeah. you felt all day after a workout, and so and that you know uh, definitely has got to feed into uh, feeling better also. So I would make the case, Sal, that it's even better than cardio because you could run on a treadmill or slouch over a stairmaster for an hour, strengthen that slouching posture, right, and still yeah. get a, a dopamine rush. Uh, that's equivalent to what you got from uh, weight training. But then weight training, you're also getting the, the benefits of uh, posture. So uh, I, I think it definitely surpass or su supersedes uh, cardio in that case. Next question is from Tom LeBanc, official. What are the benefits of caffeine cycling and how should I do it? Yeah, you know, the benefits of cycling any type of a substance, including caffeine, that has uh, such an acute effect on the body. Makes it awesome again. Yeah, is this. It's like... <laughs> When you look at a substance, you want to ask yourself, what are the what are the benefits I'm getting from this? So this is what I this is what I've done this with caffeine. Yeah, so why am I taking this? Yeah, I look at caffeine. I think to myself, the benefits are I get lots of energy. I'm up. I feel less pain. I'm a better human. I feel basically. more motivated. Uh, you know, my athletic performance goes up. So I want to get those benefits from caffeine. Now, what are the negatives that I can potentially get with caffeine? Well, I can get nervous. It can affect my sleep. It can cause elevated heart rate. Um, it can affect my digestion maybe poorly. So I want to maximize the positives and mitigate the negatives. Well, here's what happens when you use a substance like caffeine consistently. Your tolerance goes up very quickly with caffeine. Because your tolerance goes up, you need more and more to try and get some of the benefits. But as your, your, the amount increases, so do the negatives. And at some point, the negatives start to outweigh the positives. So the benefits of caffeine cycling are maximizing the benefits and minimizing the negatives, but it takes discipline. So like for me, I found that caffeine three days a week is ideal. Three days a week, I have about two to 300 milligrams of caffeine before my workout because that's when I get the most benefit. And the days in between, I don't have any caffeine at all. When I have it every single day, I notice that after a short period of time, because caffeine really, you, get, you gain tolerance to caffeine very quickly. I notice that having it daily, it just starts to turn into, I need caffeine to feel normal. Mm. which to me is very much uh, I've lost the benefit. This is true for a lot of everything. substances. Yeah, yeah pretty much anything. Yeah, I think I think it's with all drugs. I mean caffeine's a drug uh, and it's one that we it's socially accepted. We all do it and there's a Starbucks in every corner. But the reality of it is, I mean 
personally, if I if I want to enjoy the benefits of the drug the same way I did the first you know handful of times that I had it, I, I have to cycle off it to get that same feeling. So, uh, and I, and this is so individualized, right? Like, I mean, if you looked at mine, Sal, Doug, and uh, Justin's caffeine consumption, it's all different, and it's to each their own. You know what I'm saying? Like some, I really enjoy a cup of coffee every single morning. I don't know if I'll ever. I mean, I, I when I cycle off, I don't have it, but I don't think I would consistently do something that Sal's doing where uh, it's I only, only a few days a week. Yeah, right? only a few days a week. I enjoy having a cup of coffee every single morning. It's just something I enjoy uh, to do. But I also have uh, just these things that I pay attention to, and that is, you know, one cup of coffee turns into two, then turns into three, then turns into four. And, you know, before I know it, I'm doing that and then I'm having a pre-workout or having energy drink on top of it. Mm-hmm. And so I'm, I'm, I know myself uh, and what kind of like how that scales. And so I just kind of have this, hey, once I get to a point where I'm having, you know, four cups of coffee, which sounds like a lot, but I'm actually saying real four cups. Like most people's mug is a cup and a half in itself. Like once I get to a place where I'm, I've drank four cups of coffee, uh, which is basically two big cups that I'd have in the morning. Once I'm like reaching for more, that's always my sign to go back the other direction. And that's just kind of how I, I always do it. And I go back the other direction by scaling back first, which that that four cups is now like three to two to two and a half to eventually one to then going to a fast where I'm off of it completely. And I, it, for me, it, it only seems that I have to take about a week or two of none at all to get that same feeling when I get back on it. It's the same thing that I, I met when I mess with things like Kratom. It's the same way that I mess uh, with things like cannabis. Uh, I notice the same type of effects. I, I, something that could be uh, start with me just a little bit uh, every single day to multiple times in a day. And once I feel myself scaling up on any of those types of drugs, I, I, I wing myself off slowly. Then I go to a fast um, and then depending on h- how long, uh, I- I'll fast a little bit longer with weed typically. Uh, but with caffeine, I take about a week or two off and then come back and it feels like it's the first time I've had caffeine again. Yeah. The slow weaning process is more tolerable, isn't it? Cause it's like going from four cups to none. That's not going to happen. Oh, that's brutal. It's no. brutal. And so there's a different way. There's a few different ways you can cycle it. The way Adam's talking about, I think. Is a is a better way to do it if you wanna if you wanna come down and what I've typically recommended to clients was to reduce their caffeine intake by a quarter uh, every week. So after four weeks they're off. So it gives them a four week period. So it's like four cups goes to three. Do that for a week. Goes down to two. Goes that. Do that for a week. One, and then none, and then reintroduce it. The other way you could do it is by doing what I'm doing now, which I actually prefer this because I hated. The complete fast so much. Like I hated the week that was off. My workout sucked. It was just it was terrible. And I didn't like it when my tolerance was up either. There was like a, a few weeks there that sucked too. So the other way to do it is just to use it in a way that doesn't need me that, that doesn't require you to cycle it. Like again, like what I'm doing, three days a week. I don't need to cycle it. It's just three days a week. Monday, Wednesday, Friday. That's it. I'm strict with that. I never have to go completely off. Um, and I, I avoid that. Week oh yeah, or two I think if of, I think if you're mm-hmm. using it less than your, I mean, if you're, uh, yeah, if you're 
using it less than what you're off of it, you're going to be fine. Yeah. It's when you start getting to where we're at, where it's every day and then it's <laughs> multiple times a day and then you're at Yeah, Justin's I enjoy level. that cup, man. I'm going to be honest. Like that's, that's one of those things like I have gone off before, but it was just like, oh God, this is not my existence. Well, I like the ritual. <laughs> I like the ritual of it. Yeah. I really do. I enjoy the, the smell. There's a lot with it. It's the not just The smell of the coffee it. brewing yeah. in my house in the morning. I enjoy sitting down and reading articles and sipping on the coffee. So- for for me, it's not just the caffeine effect, although that's obviously an amazing side effect of it. It's the ritual. Of it's it like too. a cognitive prime for me. Like I mean, for me, like I need I need that 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 length of time drinking it in order to like uh, arise and and become aware, you know, of, of my world in front of me. So that first cup for me is is not gonna leave, but the rest of it <laughs> cup zero. Yeah, the rest of it, like I I will like scale based off of just like you guys are talking about. It can get to a point where your workout. You, you just don't have the energy and you know that you need the stimulant to, to be able to, you know, fuel that energy into the workout. That's a problem. Like, I don't need that. I don't need, you know, something right beforehand to get me up and, and lively. So uh, I do adapt to it very quickly. Yeah, ca- caffeine consumption has really exploded uh, more recently with the with the, the, the widespread consumption of coffee. Um, and energy drinks. Yeah, because coffee wasn't consumed by teenagers and kids in their maybe in their 20s in college but definitely not teenagers and fuck coffee was an old person's drink and it tasted gross yeah now they're drinking coffee energy drinks didn't really exist i mean the only energy drink i can remember as a kid was Jolt Cola, and I think it had fifty grams. Yeah, 50 that, milligrams. That, Jolt Cola and Mountain Dew. I mean, Mountain Dew. And those is weren't those weren't pretty high in caffeine, and those weren't considered energy. They're drinks. nothing, no, dude. They no, 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 no. It's yeah. like forty eight milligrams sugar, of really. caffeine, which is which is nothing. Yeah. Um. It, so consumption has gone up. Now, caffeine itself is not bad, but if you have an intolerance to it or you're sensitive to it, it can be very bad. Mm. And this is different from person to person. My tolerance for caffeine is way. Doug and I have a very low tolerance to caffeine in comparison to Justin and Adam. So so the appropriate amount for me or Doug is far different than the appropriate amount that would be for for Adam or Justin. I also think this rem- this like conversation reminds me to reminds me of that old Seinfeld episode where they master my domain. Hmm. Right? Do you remember that one? No. They, you don't remember that? Master, no. Yeah, master of your domain and they're talking about uh, f- fasting from uh, masturbating, right? I find if I if I catch myself using words like need or have to um, mm-hmm. or right. things like that, like that's I always challenge myself. Like I don't want ever to feel dependent on anything yeah. like that. I'm trying Any, to see the connection between the, the episode of masturbating and the- <laughs> I'd say it's a, being being addicted to anything. Yeah. Oh, okay, right, yeah. right. So you you brought up porn earlier in this episode, and I I, I, it all it all to me it's all the same. It's all some whether it be a you know you know physical energy addiction or it be a a mental stimulation addiction. Totally. Uh, anytime I catch myself saying I have to or I need or I want every day. Uh, I always it should cha- be a red flag. Yeah, I always challenge. I always challenge that, and then I always restrict myself to prove that I'm in full control of yeah. of, of this meat wagon. And I'm it, not a slave to anything, and I think that's a good practice in anything and everything. And the ritualization of uh, morning coffee um, is definitely a piece of why it's so hard to stop. And supplement companies uh, who do pre workout supplements, so the first ones to come out with pre workout supplements were brilliant because they understood that if they took a product that you could feel, like, and it's got full of st- stimulants, that you could ritualize, have this before your workout, because what does every fitness person do? Work out. How do we ritual? If you could ritualize a supplement, 
you have made a lot of money. And, they did. And they did. And That's I, why it's the number one seller for every supplement And company. I know a lot of people who work out who do not work out unless they have a pre-workout, which I find pretty fascinating because that was never a thing when I was right. when nope. I was growing up. And with that, go to mindpumpfree.com and download our guides and our resources. They're all absolutely free. You can also find all of us on Instagram. You can find Justin at Mind Pump Justin. You can find me at Mind Pump Sal and Adam at Mind Pump Adam. Thank you for listening to Mind Pump. If your goal is to build and shape your body, dramatically improve your health and energy, and maximize your overall performance, check out our discounted RGB Super Bundle at mindpumpmedia.com. The RGB Super Bundle includes MAPS Anabolic, MAPS Performance, and MAPS Aesthetic. Nine months of phased expert exercise programming designed by Sal, Adam, and Justin to systematically transform the way your body looks, feels, and performs. With detailed workout blueprints and over 200 videos, the RGB Super Bundle is like having Sal, Adam, and Justin as your own personal trainers, but at a fraction of the price. The RGB Super Bundle has a full 30-day money-back guarantee, and you can get it now plus other valuable free resources at mindpumpmedia.com. If you enjoy this show, please share the love by leaving us a five-star rating and review on iTunes and by introducing Mind Pump to your friends and family. We thank you for your support, and until next time, this is Mind Pump.